NBA Draft Big Board Wednesday. Is it possible Taylor Hendricks drops to nine and then the Jazz take a point guard at 16? We're talking about it next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Today on Locked on Jazz, we look at all of the competing big boards from the ringer, from Leaf to Lean, from ESPN, and we look and see what the trends are of where players are. And one thing it may lead to is a question of whether the Jazz look at Taylor Hendricks out of the University of Central Florida. I'll give you a deeper, bigger breakdown on him and then discuss whether if that kind of player is available at nine, do we think there's a point guard good enough at 16 to make the play where you allow that player to slip down to 16 or at least the choices are good enough for you? Plus, NBA rumors floating around where guys are working out. Interesting little free agent note out of Milwaukee. We'll look at that as well on today's show. And if we get time, Dame Lillard with some interesting comments out of Portland. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much to all of you for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. And a huge shout out to all the everydayers who join us Monday through Friday as we bring the show to you each and every day. It's about 30 minutes for you to get update on everything involved with the Utah Jazz. It's free on all podcasting apps. It's free on YouTube. You can hit the subscribe or the follow button and join us. We really enjoy it. Great conversation always going on on YouTube. The Wednesday edition, which is today, brought to you by Game Time, the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Get 20% off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So let's look at the the boards of the top kind of people. Athletic, Sam uh, Vecini does not have his out right now. So um, look at the ESPN, look at the ringer, look at Leaf to Lean. There are CBS Sports has a Gary Parrish um, does a mock draft. I don't trust um, that mock draft as much as some others, but it came out literally six hours ago. So I'm going to include that. So everyone's universal on Victor at one, everyone's universal on Brandon Miller at two, and everyone's universal at Scoot Henderson at three. The draft starts at four. Um, and I don't think the impact of the draft hits the jazz right away. But what is interesting is there now seems to be enough players that are projected in the top eight that Taylor Hendricks, the six foot nine, super athletic um, wing, six foot eight, six, nine, 215. I mean, just perfect NBA body, super athletic wing. There seems to be a real chance that he becomes available. Um, I'm going to poke some holes in the CBS sports no offense to Gary Paris, I guess offense, but I just don't believe some of the things he says, so, so I don't want to take too much. ESPN, Ringer, Leaf, I think, have a pretty good beat on it. So the fourth pick is the first choice. This is where Raphael Barlow's mentioned Cam Whitmore. 
Gary Parrish m- mentioned Cam Whitmore. Otherwise, it's a Thompson. But if you look at Kevin O'Connor at the ringer, he now has a Sewer Thompson, not a Mon Thompson at four. So that's getting a little interesting because, as we've talked about before, if a Mon Thompson slips to five, it doesn't really match what Detroit needs. Now, two of both the ringer and CBS Sportsline have him going there and then have Cam Whitmore going five. What's now interesting is if you look at the ESPN mock, they have the top five all the same players, Victor, Brandon, Scoot, Amon Thompson, and Cam Whitmore, not always in the same order. So does Leaf Tulane. So does CBS Sports. The only difference is Kevin O'Connor has both a Sewer and Amon Thompson going in the top five and has Cam Whitmore dropping to eight. This is where you begin to see the fluctuation. By six, uh, uh, at six, Asur Thompson's on ESPN. Taylor Hendricks goes there at the ringer, and Jerese Walker is Leaf Tuline. He's sat, Walker is seven for Indiana. So again, here this gets super interesting. If you look at Leaf, Victor, Scoot, Brandon, Amon, Cam, Jerese, Asur in the top seven picks, same top seven picks as CBS, same top sevens as the ringer, other than Taylor Hendricks, and then ESPN drops Anthony Black in at seven and has Therese Walker slide to eight. So we're beginning to see this. Now, CBS throws a weird curveball and throws Jalen hood Shafino into eight, um, which is kind of weird. Uh, what now happens that gets interesting for the Jazz is if you look at ESPN, Victor, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, Amon Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Asur Thompson, all kind of seem normal. If Anthony Black goes seven, then Therese Walker eight, Taylor Hendricks drops to nine. Okay, the ringer doesn't have Anthony Black going until after the Jazz. Nor does Leaf Tuline. And Leaf Tuline's is a little bit more of a big board than a mock draft. What's interesting, though, is Cason Wallace, who we've talked about a great deal, the point guard out of Kentucky. If Washington grabs a point guard, as many of us expect, At eight, it's another scenario where Taylor Hendricks drops to the Jazz. What's clear at this point, if you're the Jazz, Cason Wallace, six foot, well, debatable, six foot something, depending on his measurements and things like that. We'll call it three. That's kind of what he's listed at. Uh, Point guard out of Kentucky, Taylor Hendricks, and Anthony Black, in, it, it really seems that two of those three will be on the board for the Jazz at nine. Now, there's always a chance that Therese Walker drops or something else happens, right? It's, it's you know, you're playing games. But if you're the Jazz, this is the exact game you're playing right now. Is you're, you're kind of trying to figure out whether, what you're going to do in case the... Taylor Hendricks drops to nine. So let's, so again, it feels as though right now, if you're Danny Ainge, you're Justin Zanuck, you're Ryan Smith, you're the crew, Mark Taylor, Marquise Newman, that Cason Wallace, Taylor Hendricks, Anthony Black, those three, two of them should be available. In other words, the top seven, Victor, Scoot, Brandon Miller, Amon Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Asur Thompson, Jarese Walker, all seem to be, that's the top seven. 
That feels kind of consensus-y on the big board right now. And so if that's the top seven consensus, then Washington, who's a huge freaking problem, goes eight. Washington's a problem to me. Now, and with a new GM, you have to predict. I, I do think people are going to have a hard time with Anthony Black shooting. Anthony Black's body is awesome. But if you watch the NBA Finals, you got to be able to shoot. Like, that's just kind of the reality right now is you just have to be able to shoot. So it does feel to me that one of those three drops. Now, part two of this question, and we'll do this a little bit in the next segment, is how do you rank the point guards and how much discrepancy do you have, right? So I like Case and Walt. Like if I if I did a, we almost should do like a point guard next, maybe we will do this actually next week. I've got shows Monday through Thursday before I leave town. The, uh, there are the following point guards exist for the Jazz that are all legitimately in place. So I'm not including Amon Thompson, but Casein Wallace, Anthony Black, and Casein Wallace. Just again, I don't expect you to know all these guys. So Casein Wallace, six foot three, Kentucky point guard. Anthony Black, about six foot seven, Arkansas point guard, not a good shooter. Keontae George, about a six foot three, six foot four guard out of Baylor, more turnovers and assists, maybe more of a two than a one. Jalen Hood Safino, a six foot, decent size, six foot, six, they're all decent size, six, three, six, four, point guard out of Indiana, played with maybe the best rolling big in the country, not a good shooter um, himself. Kobe Bufkin, six foot three, four out of Michigan, pretty interesting player. I actually like him a lot. Um, played off the ball a little bit more because they had a five foot 11 diminutive quick guard. Nick Smith, number one recruit in the country, knee problems, his slid down on a bunch of boards. There's those six point guards. I don't think I'm missing anyone. There's those, well, uh, Balali, Kubali, Kubali out of the teammate of Victor played some point guard the other day in the game for the Metropolitan 90 seconds or whatever they're called. And has just, has everyone super excited. So I, I, and they're actually, was a Raphael Barlow report that he might be uh, the Jazz target at nine. I was going to talk about that more tomorrow. I just walked myself into it. Um, and uh, we'll talk about it. So those are the six, maybe seven point guards. Pretty certain somebody's available at 16. Now, this gets a little tricky. You got to try to play that out. And so if Taylor Hendricks at nine... Do the Jazz draft him because they need a point guard in this draft, but they get one at 16. It's just going to be one of those six. If you don't see a great differential of those six, then maybe that's not that big a deal. We'll talk about some more, and we'll look a little bit deeper into Taylor Hendricks' game right now, if he's available at nine and whether the Jazz should do that, and we'll talk about those point kind of play point guard bracketing here in a moment as well here on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today is a Wednesday edition of Locked on Jazz, and it is brought to you by my good friends over at Intercap Lending. You know, I actually had something the other day. Dropped Steve Carter a note. I said to him, hey, if you have a minute, that would be like super awesome. Of course, Steve Carter calls me back almost immediately, and we had a nice little conversation about some mortgage rates, second mortgages, different 
construction, various things. He's just such an incredible resource. Steve Carter over Intercap Lending is our own personal loan officer. It's just simply the greatest customer service you'll ever receive. Um, if you're looking to do something in this marketplace, it's not easy. I found it confusing. You're trying to figure out when rates and where they're going to go. What are my options? How do I keep myself the versatility I need long term? If the rates actually come back down, things like that. Steve Carter is your answer. Plus, he gets the job done of getting you through the why is intercap lending grown so much because of the fact that they get loans done. That's what every agent, everybody involved was because no one gets paid till the loan's done. So that's why intercap has grown because people are using them because they get the job done. You can call Steve Carter, our own personal loan officer. Make sure you tell me with locked on jazz at three at five, eight hundred eighty five twenty eight, or you can email me at dlock zero nine at gmail.com. It's my pleasure to just hook you up because I like Steve Carter and then I can say hi to him and I like to help you as an everydayer. Intercap Lending, NLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Today's show also brought to you by our friends over at GameTime. GameTime answers everything you need to know when it gets to buying tickets. At least this is my experience, so all you guys can decide whether you agree or not. But when you're buying tickets on the secondary market, there's a lot of trepidation. My first trepidation is like, are the seats actually any good? Right. Well, game time answers that by getting images of your seats before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect. You are. Okay. My second one is this is such a pain. I have to go to multiple apps, compare pricing to figure out how to get the best price. Nope. Game time has that answered for you as well. It's called the game time guarantee. You always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And then where are my flipping tickets? Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps in your set, but then where do I find them? Well, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through email. Game time has answered all of the issues of ticket buying. You can do it at the last minute when you're looking for tickets. Browse through the game time for upcoming events, concerts, playoff games, flash deals. Last minute deals are also available, and they do it all for you with images of your seats, with one, two taps to get it done, with it sent right to you, and with the game time guarantee. So right now, download the game time app. Create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz our first listen of the day. Your first listen. I greatly appreciate your support. Uh, I've tried to let you guys know this, so here's the plan. I leave town Thursday, Friday. Well, I leave Thursday, but I'll do the show next week. And then Leaf Tulane is going to take you up and through the draft, which is great for you because he's better than I am, um, starting on Friday. So that'll be a great week next week. I will be listening. I'll just be overseas. Uh, graduation trip for the little girl. Super fun. So um, life is life's what we got to do around here every now and then, right? Um, thank you for accepting that. All right. Taylor Hendricks. If he's at nine. Do you have to pull the trigger on super interesting player? So let's talk about him. Um, I've watched a decent amount of him. And honestly, you get who he is almost immediately. Like it's a funny, like I admire and love the scouts who've probably watched him 25 times and they're picking up interaction with teammates, hustle, things like that. Like it doesn't take a lot of time to figure out who Taylor Hendricks is. He's six, nine, 220, the player, and I'll give Hoop's intellect uh, uh, credit for this, even though, I, frankly, he was actually the player he reminded me of prior 
to this. And then when he said it, I was like, yeah, I totally agree. Is Jaden McDaniels of Minnesota, who was a late first round pick. But he's got that awesome 6'9", 220 body. The other thing about Taylor Hendricks that I love is 6'9", 220 just plays in our league. Like, whether it's Robert Covington is actually a decent model on him, too. He might be, hopefully, he's actually pretty similar to Robert Covington. Um, And there's just, one thing I I really think is important when you look at players and you're trying to figure out whether or not you like them as, is can you find, like, if you've got one comp on them, and I find it a little worrisome, if you've got, six comps, seven comps. It's hard to comp because there's so many like him. I think you're in good shape because it just means that they stay in the league. Um, and there are so many guys that are of this size in the silk that are so similar to these guys. Um, his body is actually a little bigger than Jade McDaniels. Jade McDaniels really a string pole about 185. I think this guy's got 15 or 20 pounds on him. He's got, he's just an elite, elite athlete. Played at the University of Central Florida. There is a little concern to me that when I watch him, he's doing this against lesser players and that suddenly a lot of the rim protection, the ability to block shots, the ability to always recover off a bad closeout, the ability of those kind of things that he's able to do are going to be diminished because he's not playing Sanford and he's not playing some of those schools. Now, Central Florida, you know, I, he held his own really well against Streets Walker. Um, he held himself well when he played Oklahoma State and they played Florida State. Um, so it's, you know, maybe overplaying that a tiny bit. Um, he does not have a great handle. He had a nice crossover drive on Therese Walker in one of the games I watched, but I would say generally it's not one where I'm watching him and thinking to myself like, oh, this is a super comfortable thing for him to do it. He had another drive where he turned the corner and he got to the bats. It was kind of a rounded drive and the defense never quite got back to him. Um, so I, I don't think he's right now. I think if you draft him, you're getting an elite world-class athlete. You're getting a pretty good shooter. Like he made his shots from almost all from the corner. Um, but it doesn't look like he's going to have a huge time stretching it out. You have a guy who I think if he fixes his footwork, works at it, just athletically gets better, can be a defensive player like a Covington or Jaden McDaniels and switch Maybe one through five if he gets a little bit more weight on him. Kind of an interesting piece there that like might be able to be a six nine center. Not sure what I think of him rebounding wise because I don't think his balance is great and I don't think his strength is great. And again, those very easily can be cases in which you just get stronger. Um, and I, I'm not gonna lie, like I'm a little biased. Like I'm watching him play Tulane and Memphis and East Carolina and teams that aren't great. And it, you know, or against guys that aren't other NBA players. And it makes me devalue a little bit of what I'm watching. But frankly, I did that with CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard and look really stupid. So this is like one of the rules. There's, there's a bunch of things that I like to look at NBA drafts and players and say, and, and one of those is, do they just bound off the screen? Taylor Hendricks just bounds off the screen. When he runs, it's incredible. When he jumps, when he defends the rim, he makes wow plays. It's there. Then can they shoot a little bit? Because we got to shoot in this league. And he can do that. He just, like, he's got kind of, like, he his best case scenario to me, his handle is going to reduce him ever being, like, a massive go-to scoring guy. But everything else about it is pretty good. So if he's at nine, 
It's a big flyer and with a limited downside to me because I just think you you get it. So then the question is, if if he's at nine, are you now trying to play one of these point guards we were just talking about at 16? Kate, and if you look at the, if we go again with the guys we talked about, Cason Wallace, Anthony Black, Keontae George, Jalen hood Safino, Kobe Bufkin, and Nick Smith. Those are the six I was going to talk about. Um, Kulabali probably needs to get in the conversation. It doesn't sound like Kulabali, Wallace, or Black have much of a chance to get to 16. So you then really what it gets down to is you better have Keontae George, Jalen hood Safina, or Kobe Bufkin, or Nick Smith as good as or close to as you have Cason Wallace, Anthony Black, or Kubali on your board. You better have those guys right on the level. And as I said yesterday, Nick Smith is this wild card to me. He was the number one recruit in the country. Sometimes I think high school status is better than college status. Like, I'm not sure that watching these college games, it's a great way to evaluate players. I admire the scouts that are out there trying to do this. I think it looks, it's almost, and so now we're into a question of like, do you think Jalen hood has got a real shooting issue? Do you think Kobe Bufkin, do you think Nick Smith Jr. are as good? All of them, all of them are as good as Cason Wallace, Anthony Black, or Kubali. If you look at the ESPN mock draft at 16, they have Kobe George, they have Keontae George and Kobe Bufkin on the board for the Jets. Just those two. They have the other guys all going earlier. If you look at the Ringers mock draft, they have Nick Smith and Jalen Hood Safino on the board, but not the but not the other guys. If you look at Leaf Tulane's big board, he's got Bufkin on the board and Nick Smith on the board. So Again, the consensus I think that you can come to here fairly cleanly. And if you look at CBS Sports, again, I don't love this mock draft. They have Nick Smith. They have us taking Nick Smith on the board. He also has Kobe Buffett on the board. He also has Cason Wallace, but there's just no chance. I'd, I'd be stunned. I don't love that mock draft. You know, who am I to judge, right? But I don't, you know, I don't love that mock draft. Um, I'm having a hard time, actually, other than locked on NBA big board, the ringer, the athletic ESPN, finding another really good mock draft. So to me, it looks pretty clear there's going to be two of those players available. You just don't know which two. Kobe Bufkin seems like a real possibility. Nick Smith Jr. seems like a really good possibility. And Jalen Hutsafino. So now what do you think of those three at 16? And do you think they're all the same? I like Kobe Bufkin. I don't know that I like Kobe Bufkin dramatically more than I like Cason Wallace. Okay. And I need to watch Nick Smith more. I think he's really intriguing. Jalen hood Safino has me a little nervous, maybe being unfair. He had the best rolling big in the country. I think he looks really good because of it. And then he doesn't shoot great on his own. That I'm not sure I think he's of the same ilk. I, ilk, I gotta watch it. I think I have an Indiana-Kentucky game on the docket for tonight. Super interesting strategy questions that are going on there. And then... Frankly, you've just got to believe that Taylor Hendricks is such a good athlete at nine, you have to take the flyer on him, which I think is probably true. I guess the other scenario is, do you have somebody else at that position, like a G.G. Jackson or that gets slim? You just can't find six foot nine, 215. Leonard Miller, if he's going to get down there. Um, is there another athlete of the ilk of Taylor Jenkins that you really believe in? And maybe the answer to that is no, which then means... 
the discrepancy between the wing talent and the discrepancy amongst the or standard deviation of the point guard talent is less. And so you do play this game in this strategy in nine and 16. All right, let's look at some of the hot rumors and all the rest that's going on in the NBA next. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Locked On NBA Big Board, just incredible. I got an hour drive. I'm about to go do it. I'm just going to listen. Just dive in, listen, more draft stuff uh, for you. All right, uh, some interesting stories. Okay, we look at the draft and the draft uh, mocks and, and the rest. Indiana is being very public about what they're doing, which we greatly appreciate. Um, doing also, they did a nice interview with... Um, no, Clowney the other day, um, and they're doing all this stuff. Indiana sits at seven. They're having Jarese Walker and Taylor Hawkins in for workouts today, or separately, but they're both working out for the Pacers. The Thompson twins are in Charlotte, who has the number two pick of the draft. So that's interesting. Though there are numerous reports in feeling that Brandon Miller will be the second pick from Charlotte. The NBA free agent market had two interesting news notes yesterday of rumors. These are all rumors. But one is that Milwaukee will re-sign Chris Middleton. Middleton was kind of the player I thought might get available. His health has been less good. He's plus 30 years old. Milwaukee's got a money crunch. If I had to make a choice as good as he is in Milwaukee of, you know, you're keeping Giannis, you got to keep Drew, you got to, I think you have to keep Brooke Lopez over Chris Middleton. Crazy, I know, but I do. Um, money-wise, health-wise, defensive importance. I think he does. I think Brooks great. Um, and then the fact that Chris Middleton had kind of a cadre of injuries makes me nervous. But reports are. Another report that was really interesting is that the Orlando Magic have targeted Gary Trent Jr. As their number one person they're trying to get in the draft. Well, they're certainly trying to get more shooting. This brings me back to just a a name that I have brought up a ton. And that's Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, six foot four, 205 pound guard out of Gonzaga, was the fifth pick of the 2021 draft. In two years in the NBA, he has really just scuffled. His shooting percentage is 38.7. His three-point shooting percentage is 27%. I've said it a million times. You can't shoot, you can't play. I mean, and particularly in the playoffs. To me, there was something, maybe I got bought in by the NCAA hype. But there was something special about this kid out of Minnesota through Gonzaga. 6'4", 205 pounds. I just thought he had amazing vision. I thought he had a little something to him. It has not worked in Orlando. They turned him last year into basically Royce O'Neal at the end of the year. He was playing three and sitting in the corner. He showed some flashes late in the year. Now, frankly, he showed flashes probably when they took the ball out of his hands, which I guess I shouldn't be excited about. He showed flashes in a period of time of the year where I'm not sure you should be that moved by it. Like, I got all the issues, but this is a player that – I think if you loved him coming out of the draft and you're a team, someone should be going to get him. Uh, His last 26 games of the year, he shot 43% and 38% from three. He was playing off the ball. His assist numbers were down. You'd have to believe that Jalen Suggs is playing with the ball in his hands and is a point guard. 
but Orlando at some point has to move off of him because if they're if the rumor is true that they're looking to go get Gary Trent Jr. They already have Markel Fultz. They already have uh, Cole Anthony, who I can't imagine you're choosing instead of Jalen Suggs, but maybe, and that should probably worry us. And it, then at some point here, you actually have to um, decide whether you're extending Jalen Suggs. And if you have any doubt of that, you should go get something for him. Suggs is expensive. He's seven million next year. He's nine million on the club option. He's a restricted free agent in 25-26. Now maybe you wait a year, but you're gonna have to pick up that option here pretty soon. And Cole Anthony, you've got to sign here pretty soon as well. And Markel Fultz is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. So Orlando's got to make a bunch of decisions in that realm. And it makes me wonder like, would they be willing to move him? And then really, what's your evaluation is? And if you're the Jazz, and you suddenly grow grab Taylor Hendricks at nine. Are you suddenly willing to go get Jalen Suggs with your 16th pick? When I brought this up to Tony Jones, he immediately dismissed it. I don't know. Now, Orlando's got a ton of picks, and the last thing they need is another pick, so that makes this a little difficult. But if they're really going after Gary Trent Jr., I do think that's interesting to hear that and you wonder what the trickle-down effect of that is. Might not be true. But these are the games you're playing right now as you're trying to build a roster. Um, Probably a conversation for tomorrow, but this was an interesting quote from Damian Lillard. I wish to have an opportunity to win in Portland. We got an opportunity to build a team. We have an opportunity asset-wise. In other words, that third pick to build a team that can compete. If we can't do that, then it's a separate conversation we have to have. Honestly, I love Dame. Love, 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 love Dame. If I'm Portland and I can draft Scoot Henderson and I can get off $63 million in 2026-27, it might be time. Tragic. Difficult, but it might be time. Dame's got 45 and 23, 24, 48 and 24, 25, 58 and 25, 26, and 63 million on the books at 37 years old in 26, 27. You tell me that he's got the first two years, and I'll tell you, I think the Utah Jazz should go trade for him. You tell me he's got four years with 58 and 63. I tell you the Portland Trailblazers would have to give us stuff for me to trade for him right now. Have a great day. It is Lockdown Jazz. Thanks so much to the everydayers and everybody who's a part of this show each and every day. It's certainly something I do not take lightly. Appreciate you. It is Lockdown Jazz. Back with you tomorrow. Have a great day.